Welcome to the Believer's Voice of Victory from Kenneth Copeland Ministries. Download the notes at kcm.org notes. Hello, everybody. I'm Gloria Copeland. Welcome to the Believer's Voice of Victory. Sister Billy's back, and she's got some really interesting things for us. We're, we're looking forward to this, Billy. What a book that Ezekiel is. Uh, of all the prophets of the Old Testament, probably the whole picture is shown in Ezekiel. And the, the first part of the book of Ezekiel, we've been talking about this two weeks. I'm sure you can go back on archives. Uh, he talks about Israel's sins and judgment and the temple destroyed. The last part, he's going to talk about prophecy and restoration. And then there's a middle part, like a bridge between them, where he talks about the judgment of the nations. Mm. Um, he tells in this book, because you can imagine their temples destroyed. They don't know. Maybe God's forgotten them and doesn't want anything more to do with them. But so he starts prophesying in what's going to happen in the future. Don't lose heart, Israel. We're here in Babylon. But in Ezekiel 20 and verse 40, there's a prophecy. For in mine holy mountain, in the mountain of the height of Israel, that's the temple mount, saith the Lord God, there shall all the house of Israel, all of them in the land serve me. Now, this is 546 or so that this is being written. And the, 200 years earlier, the northern kingdom, the, the northern kingdom called Israel, the 10 northern tribes, they've been dispersed. And really nobody hardly knows where they are. But now this prophecy says, not only are you coming back, you southern kingdom, but they're coming back too. All the house of Israel, all of them will serve me there on that mountain. There will I accept them and there will I require your offerings and the first fruits of your oblations with all your holy things. Okay, so Nebuchadnezzar did get it, but you're going to come back there. I will accept you with your sweet savor when I bring you out from the people and gather you out of the countries wherein you have been scattered. I will be sanctified in you before the nations. That word is goyim, not heathen, nations. And you shall know that I am Jehovah when I shall bring you into the land of Israel, into the country for the which I lifted up my hand to give it to your fathers. That, that means God swore. He lifted up his hands and swore Israel gets the land. And that's what's happening right now. Now, as we go into these uh, countries, several chapters here, he's going to be talking about the, the people all around about Israel and judgments upon them. He begins with Moab and Ammon. Uh, these were the sons of Lot by his daughters. Uh, you think about Lot's daughters. They got their father drunk and, and, and conceived children of him. But uh, in reading and from uh, the commentary at, in that book of Ezekiel, they said these daughters thought the whole world was destroyed in the upheaval at Sodom. Hmm. And they thought that's the only way we can keep this going. So Moab and Ammon is present day Jordan. And I'm sure you know that the capital of Jordan is Ammon. Uh, then he gives the judgment of Edom. Edom is Esau. And it comes from the word red. Uh, they'll show you a map of where Edom was in, in the ancient days when this was talking about it. It's now the ancient area which was called Edom is part of Jordan an Arab-Palestinian state. Now, I want to say something to you, which I don't know if it's right or not right, but I can tell you <laughs> that most of the uh, religious Jews believe this. Uh, in the years that I've been studying Jewish interpretation of prophecy, I have discovered a widely accepted and long-standing belief that Edom is Rome. It is proliferate, from the comments of the ancient sages to modern rabbis of different stripes and colors. 
For a short summation, you can consider the following quote. Our sages often refer to Rome as Edom, and they teach that the Romans are descendants of Esau, the ancestor of Rome. They believe that Esau's um, uh, children moved to Rome. I, don't, I can't remember if they think they're the Astrusians or whoever they were, but they believe that's Esau. Therefore, uh, many of the Jews see the old Roman Empire as Edom, including the Roman church. They also see, they see the revived Roman Empire, which are the toes of Nebuchadnezzar's image as Edom. Future conflicts with evil, they see mainly as with Edom. So I don't know if that's true or mm. not, but just gives you an insight on how they see Rome involved with uh, Bible prophecy. The next group of peoples in these nations uh, that are judged and their judgments are here is the Philistines. The Philistines, the Ravel Bible Dictionary said, were an aggressive sea people whose mass invasion of the eastern Mediterranean coast resulted in the settlement of the area by 1200 B.C. They were Israel's principal enemy from the time of Samson until their devastating defeat at the hand of David around 980 B.C. They had five major cities. Uh, their king is called Abimelech, or we say Abimelech. Uh, it is the area of Gaza. Now, the Philistines are not the Palestinians. How that association came, uh, Rome, the final Jewish revolt against Rome was in 135 A.D. The temple, second temple was destroyed in 70 A.D. The Jews rebelled, and they really had a great... Um, series on television recently called the A.D. Maybe you can get it. And they showed uh, the centuries that followed the resurrection of Jesus. And you can see these zealots and, uh, the, and the Jews, how they rebelled against Rome. Rome put it down. Hadrian plowed under the Temple Mount and he changed the name of Jerusalem to Aelia Capitolina. And he changed the name of Israel, Judea. He changed it to Palestine. And Palestine was a slap in the face uh, to the Jews uh, because it was supposed to uh, bring honor and memory to the old, their old enemies, the Philistines. So in, uh, the Bible never called uh, Israel Palestine, but it became to be called mm. that. Now, we have three chapters that are going to talk about the uh, uh, chapter going on. We're going to skip Tyre for a minute, and it goes on into Egypt and others. But we're going to camp on Tyre just a little bit here. And chapters 26, 27, and 28 are going to talk about the destruction of Tyre. Um, Ezekiel 28. Now, I believe uh, that the answer to the apparently disproportionate judgment spoken by the prophet on Tyre, which fills three chapters, is revealed in the third of those chapters, chapter 28. It ends in a judgment spoken to the king of Tyre, that fallen angel Satan. It is Satan who is behind all the nation's hatred of Israel and Israel's place in God's plan. And at the time of the prophet Ezekiel, Satan's throne was over the prosperous port city-state of Tyre. In Jesus' time, uh, Jesus said that it was on, and he visited John the Revelator on the Isle of Patmos. 
Jesus said that Satan's throne at that time was in Pergamon or over Pergamon. Mm -hmm. Now, there is, um, here's earth and here's the mid heavens. Satan is called the prince of the power of the air. His, his throne is not in hell right now. He's going to go there, but it's not there right now. It's in the air and he moves his seat, oh his uh, throne from time to time. Seat and throne are the same word in Hebrew. And so during the time of Jesus, when Jesus visited John on the Isle of Patmos, it was at Pergamum. But here we're going to see that it's over Tyre. Now, Tyre was a leading city of uh, Phoenicia, or uh, today it's uh, Lebanon. And it was a city that was offshore. And it was like it had rocks that protected it. And it seemed to be impenetrable. But it's going to be destroyed. God prophesies it's going to be here. And it was, the city was taken in 332 B.C. by Alexander the Great. And uh, it's quite a quite a history lesson to read about that. But let's just look at um, right here in the middle where God's talking about and always the nations are judged because of how they treated Israel. When he talks about Moab, Ammon, Adam, it's how you treated Israel. That's what got you in judgment. So now we're going to read here in Ezekiel 28. The word of the Lord came unto me saying, Son of man, say unto the prince of Tyre, Thus saith the Lord God, because your heart is lifted up and you have said, I am a God. I sit in the seat of God in the midst of the seas, yet you are a man. So on the earth, there's a leader in Tyre and he thinks he's divine, but God said, no, you're not. And uh, verse eight, you shall be brought down. Uh, but um, now then... After he's talked to this man on the earth, who is the prince of Tyre, the leader of Tyre, he's going to address another being. Verse 11. Moreover, the word of Jehovah came unto me, saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyre, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sealest up the sum, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You have been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. Names all the stones and the verse ends. The workmanship of your tablets and of your pipes was created in the, in the day you were created. Now he addresses the prince of Tyre in the first part of this chapter. And he said, you're just a man. But then he goes on to a creature that he calls the king of Tyre. And he's not a man. Hmm. He is a created being. He wasn't born regenerated. He doesn't have a belly button. He is a created being. And God says of him, you, you summed up beauty in the day you were created. You were covered with special stones. You've been in Eden. Who's been in Eden? Satan's been in Eden. And he said that your pipes, the workmanship of your pipes, your musical instruments are just your very being is musical when you walk. Hmm. Uh, verse 14. You are the anointed cherub that covered. At one time he, he was that anointed archangel. And I have set you so. You were up on the holy mountain of God. You walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. You were perfect in your ways from the day that you were created till iniquity was found in thee. How was iniquity found in him? 
Here you can go back over to Isaiah uh, chapter 14 and you'll see that uh, Lucifer, and it names him Lucifer there. He said in his heart, I will be like the Most High. I will sit also up on the Mount of the Congregation, the sides of the north. In other words, I will receive, I will receive worship. And so he had a kingdom, probably here on earth. He ascended above the heights of the clouds. Jesus said, I saw him fall as lightning from the sky. So he made an attack on heaven. He had a will. And if you have a will, you can turn that will against God. He was the first one ever to do so. And that's why iniquity was found in him. Going back to chapter 28, you were perfect in your ways from the day that you were created till iniquity was found in you. By the multitude of your merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee with violence and you have sinned. Therefore, I cast you out as profane out of the Mount of God. I will destroy you, O covering cherub. Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You've corrupted your um, wisdom by reason. I will cast you to the ground. I will lay you before kings that they may behold you. And in Isaiah chapter 14, 9 and 10, you see that when he's laid before these kings of the earth who are now in hell and they followed him and they're going to say, are you the one? Are you the one? And um, so we see here the double kingdom. I think it gave so much emphasis to Tyre because every one of the nations that came against Israel came because of uh, these powers, prince of the powers of the air and all of his cohorts, evil angels over nations, and they would influence the leader down on earth. There's a leader up in heaven. There's a leader down on earth, a prince in heaven, a prince on earth. And this, this prince in the mid heavens, the evil prince, he affects. He does it today. He moved upon Hitler. Mm. I'm quite sure that during World War II, uh, the, uh, you've been just watching a, a documentary on that. I'm sure that the throne of Satan was over Berlin. And we're going to see that it moves again. Mm. And one day uh, we'll be over another place when we get to Ezekiel 38 and 39. But now God, God prophesies that all of these uh, nations coming against God and all of, their, um, all of their judgments are because of how they treated Israel. And in Ezekiel chapter 28, the same chapter, starting with verse 24 through 26, God's going to, prophesy that one day it'll be over. I mean, it's going on right now today. All of Israel's neighbors uh, are against them. But it's going to happen That's going to change. Ezekiel 28, 24 through 26, verse 24. And there shall be no more a prickling briar unto the house of Israel. It's just like briars have prickled them all these years. Mm-hmm. Thorns. There won't be any thorn above all that are round of all that are round about them. All that are round about them are these nations. And they've been like a thorn to Israel, a prickling briar. Uh, I'm going to read the whole verse 24 again. And there shall be no more a prickling briar unto the house of Israel, nor any grieving thorn of all that are round about them that despise them, for they shall know that I am the Lord God. Those nations are going to know it. Thus saith the Lord God, when I shall have gathered the house of Israel from the people, among whom they were scattered, and shall be sanctified in them in the sight of the nations. Then shall they dwell in their land that I have given to my servant Jacob. And Jacob, of course, is the physical 
uh, descendants. And they shall dwell safely therein, and shall build houses, and plant vineyards, and they shall dwell with confidence. When I have executed judgments upon all those that despise them round about them, and they shall know that I am Jehovah their God. Mm. You'd better watch out, neighbors of Israel, because sure. the Most High, the Creator, has said that He is going to pronounce judgments upon you. Mm. Uh, the restoration of Israel is told in Ezekiel 34, 11, For thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I, even I, will search my sheep and seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock in the day that he is among his sheep that are scattered, so will I seek out my sheep and will deliver them out of all places where they have been scattered in the cloudy and dark day. Mm. I will bring them out from the people and gather them from the countries and will bring them to their own land and feed them upon the mountains of Israel by the rivers and in all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them in a good pasture and upon the high mountains of Israel shall their fold be and there shall they lie in a good fold and in a fat pasture shall they feed upon the mountains of Israel. You can't imagine how this sounded to those people that were in the Babylonian captivity and their temple had been destroyed. But now here he goes, prophesies what's going to happen. You can also imagine how it sounds to Israel today to read these prophecies and know that they stand for them. And no matter who wants to bomb them out of existence, this is what the word of the Lord says. That's right. Ezekiel 34, 22, God says, I will save my flock hmm. and they shall no more be a Praise prey. God. And I will set up one shepherd over them and he shall feed them, even my servant David. He shall feed them and he shall be their shepherd. David, King David, is going to have the rule again uh, as the under king. The over king, of course, is Jesus. But David is going to be resurrected and in the millennial to come. Wow. He'll be king over them. Hmm. Verse 24, And I, Jehovah, will be their God, and my servant David, a prince among them. I, Jehovah, have spoken it. You think it won't come to pass? It'll come he to said, pass. I spoke it. I will make with them a covenant of peace. I will make them and the places round about my hill, that's the temple mount, a blessing. And I will cause the shower to come down in his season. There shall be showers of blessing. And the trees of the field shall yield her fruit, and the earth shall yield her increase, and they shall be safe in their land. And shall know that I am Jehovah, when I have broken the bands of their yoke and delivered them out of the hand of those that serve themselves of them. And they shall no more be a prey to the nations. Neither shall the beasts of the land devour them, but they shall dwell safely and none shall make them afraid. And I will raise up for them a plant of renown and they shall be no more consumed with anger in the land, with hunger in the land, neither bear the shame of the nations anymore. Thus shall they know that I, Jehovah, am their God and I'm with them. And they, even the house of Israel, are my people. Mm, saith the Lord God, God, and you are my flock, the flock of my pasture. I am your God, saith the Lord God. This does away with replacement theology. Replacement theology says God is through with Israel. 
And therefore, all of the promises of the uh, old covenant that God made to Israel, the church is now spiritual Israel. And this was the Roman church that said this. The church is now spiritual Israel. And so all those promises are coming upon us. Well, it doesn't sound like it. Sound to hear if you just read it. It says, my people Israel are my people. I'm their God. So that's what happened in the dark ages. Some people didn't believe it. They said, that's not right. And Rome might be the Antichrist after all. And so uh, Constantine, he said, well, we just take the book of Revelation out of the Bible. Well, not even, not even his own bishops would go for that. So they locked up the Bible. Because it's hard for you to read this mm. and see that rather than Israel, it's, it's the replacement theology. Mm -hmm. So they locked up the Bible and they said to all the people, you cannot read the Bible. You have to have a priest uh, to read the Bible to you. You will die if you read the Bible. We'll kill you. Oh, and, wow. and you've got to have a priest to tell you and to make you know that this is not talking about Israel coming back to the land. It's not talking about that. It's talking about the church receiving those blessings. Well, that's not so. And so what happened when the Bible started being printed and, and, and word got out, the Puritans and the pilgrims who later came here, they said, hey, there's going to be, there's going to be, uh, the Jews are going to come home. And they made alliances with the Jews and God made a place for them to come here. So you don't want to have anything Praise to do God. with any teaching that says God's true with Israel. You want to have to do with let's bless Israel Amen. and bless God's plan for Israel. Wow. Well, that's plain enough. Plain it? enough. My, my, my. Lord, we bless Israel. We Hallelujah. bless them. We want leaders that bless Israel. Yes, we do. That's in something to remember. I mean, when you vote, vote Israel. That's right. Find out which candidate is pro-Israel. You heard it from Billy. Glory to God. Billy and I'll be right back. We hope you enjoyed this teaching from Kenneth Copeland Ministries. Download the notes at kcm.org slash notes.